We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I'm once again joined by my good friends Perry Goldstein and Alex Strofe. You can follow Perry at Perry underscore Goldstein. I don't know where you can follow Alex because he didn't put it on his screen. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed name. to do that? I uh, know Alex is the worst, but we're going to talk to him anyway. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a, a, maybe an opportunity to there. Alex underscore Strofe, just as I suspected. Uh, Alex Perry, okay. we offline just talked for a long time about New York <laughs> City apartments. We're going to try to transition that into a Packers conversation. It is great to see you both. How the heck are you doing? Great to be back with my pals. A double thumbs up from Perry. Uh, I'll also give you a double thumbs up. Hey, before we get into a list of a bunch of topics and questions, I actually do have a question. Are you guys, as Packers fans, cheering for the Rams and the Seahawks in the 325 slot on Sunday? Who do you want to win that game? Perry, I'm trying to point to you. Like, you go first. Wait, you, you obviously want the Seahawks to win because then the Lions have nothing to play for. So, I go back and forth on this. Um, if the Rams win which the Lions have their first-round pick this year. That obviously makes that a worse pick. And then the Lions, you know, they have something to play for. It's juiced up. But I'm so damn confident in the Packers right now, I feel like they're going to win no matter what. So 
I, I don't know. I kind of want Sunday night football last game of the regular season, maybe higher stakes. Am I an idiot, Perry? You're giving me the you're an idiot look. You want it to be like a do or die situation? I kind of do. Raise the stakes a little look, bit. I, game of the I get that from like a viewership standpoint, but I want whatever is easiest for the Packers. Do you want you want the Lions as deflated as possible? I So I actually had this conversation with Maggie. We recorded Pax, what she said today. So if you're listening to this, when it comes out on Thursday, you might have already heard Pax, what she said. But I said, I can see Dan Campbell just like not telling them and making them like play it out because the Lions are the kind of team that does that. Like they like they have so much heart. They they would play just to say they like had a season over 500 and not even care. Right. That this win like means nothing. So I can see them coming in and not caring and like Dan Campbell even like hiding that from me. Andy, I've derailed the episode 90 seconds in. Would no, you like I'm to chime in on intrigued. this? I have a strong take on this. Um, first of all, I don't think in the year 2022 that you're being able to keep it from all of the players <laughs> that okay, they been eliminated from the playoffs. But um, I am actually of the mindset that I think if the Lions are eliminated, they will play more free and loose and actually not have the burden of if we lose this game, we're out of the playoffs. I am actually more afraid of a Lions team that has nothing to play for than a Lions team that has a lot of pressure of if they, you know, if they win, they're in and if they lose, they're not in. So I do think there's a psychological effect if you are eliminated from the playoffs and it's just not quite the same anymore. Same time, you might have some frustrations to take out. And like I said, at this point, you've got nothing to lose. You've got nothing to gain. You can just go out and play your brand of football. And we know that team with Dan Campbell as head coach, they're not going to take prisoners no matter what the situation is, um, no matter who's playing, no matter what the the playoff scenarios are. So I'm actually kind of of the opinion that I would, first of all, I would much rather, if you told me Green Bay lost, I would much rather have Detroit get in than Seattle get in. I don't know why. It's just maybe because the Lions have been lovable losers yeah. for so long and Seattle is the antithesis of that. They've been a pain in the you-know-what for the last however many years for the most part. So I, I would rather have Detroit in. I, As a viewer I, and just as a fan of football, that game becomes so much more fun if that's, you know, winner gets in. Um, and like I said, I actually think the burden of, uh, you know, having to go out and actually perform to get in the playoffs is, I think, a lot more for a young team that hasn't experienced anything like that in the past in comparison to a Packers team who's faced that type of uh, challenge before. I- I'm not afraid of that. And I actually think it might be harder on the lines if they have they, if they actually have a playoff spot to play for. I love it. Both are correct answers, too, right? Like, that's no, mine's right. Clearly, mine's right. I, I, uh, shut up, Andy. Uh, I love that. I, or I don't love that. They're not playing at the same time, right? I, I don't understand the NFL's decision there. But hopefully, uh, regardless, it makes for a fun Sunday. Yeah. I get it. It's Lambeau primetime. Aaron Rodgers has to win or get into the playoffs. I, it's all it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. listening on the audio. Honestly, uh, I actually love the money side. Go ahead. I'm of the mindset that putting them Sunday night football primetime at Lambeau is a major boost for the Packers. Like that atmosphere for green Bay, that is, I, I, I also said this when I recorded earlier, but like, it's not gonna like move the lot like Vegas's line, right? Like it's not going to change anything like actually statistically, but I think from like a momentum energy, it really like the needle moves closer to the Packers favor. I totally agree. 
I won't bring up the San Francisco primetime game in Green Bay a season ago, <laughs> but oh, I know I'm the worst. You're such a party pooper. I really, really am. But uh, no, I do think this is going to be either way. I think this is going to be a really fun game. And a, a part of me just hopes that Seattle kind of loses just to like make it that much more fun. But like I said, either way, that's going to be a super challenging game. So we'll see. Uh, that that being said, I wanted to to ask you guys, like how how did this happen? How did we get here? Uh, it certainly seemed after going, you know, one win in eight games, like this was not something that was super in the realm of possibility. I actually kind of felt all along that they would probably get the help that they needed, at least potentially, if they actually were able to take care of business on their own. But when you lose seven out of eight, it's really tough to picture, or, you know, paint a picture that they can take care of business on their own. They've gotten 80% of the way there. They've got one more win and they're in the playoffs. Perry, I'll start with you. How the heck did this happen? I have no idea. <laughs> Christian Watson, I have no idea. I look, I think any other year, this isn't a conversation. They changed the playoff format so that the Packers could sneak in as a, not for the Packers, so that A team can sneak in as a seven seed. So I think like we also, I'm still reminding myself, like, I don't know if this team is really that good. I don't know if this team can actually get into the playoffs and do anything. Are they going to get to the wild card round and have to, travel to San Francisco and get embarrassed on national television. Like that's a really high possibility. Um, There's still only a 500 team. Just the playoff picture has changed and the NFC is a dumpster fire. So it kind of like the chips all fell in like terms of the rest of the season to be that the Packers could be like mediocre and still somehow make it because they have a really great head coach and they have Aaron Rodgers as quarterback and they can kind of like put the pieces together enough. Like they've obviously strung together enough wins and gotten some luck from other teams, but <laughs> I don't know if they're actually like good. Like, is this a Super Bowl team? No, in my mind, no, but it's fun that they're kind of this like scrappy underdog. Yeah, and that might be exactly what they want, right? And it seems like they've strived in that position. You know, backs against the wall, kind of nothing to lose, and now all of a sudden we're in the middle of a four-game winning streak. How we got here, Andy, is because Aaron Rodgers manifested it, damn it. Right? He's spoken (laughs) into existence. He kind of pulled the LeBron James earlier this week. I don't know if you saw, but, like, he he, he said, you know, I didn't say it out loud, but I figured if we could win one one in three games. uh, Yeah, like – I, I I don't uh, – anyway, nonetheless, he manifested. That's how we got here. No, I, I think we knew all along, and we talked about this back in August, the three of us. Like, yeah, they're probably going to struggle, especially offensively early in the season. Hopefully later in the season they come along and the defense just holds steady. Obviously the latter part of that didn't happen. The defense was disappointing for most of the year. But all of a sudden this team has learned how to play complementary football. It took 16 weeks – but here we are. This team is playing well in, in all three facets. And I, I, I don't know. I love that they're the underdog. It's reminiscent quite a bit of the 2016 season when they were four and six. They won those last six, and all of a sudden they get stomped by the Atlanta Falcons in the championship <laughs> game. But it's reminiscent. And, and what a fun ride run the table one was. Let's hope run the table two has the same regular season conclusion, and, and we get a little bit of a postseason run with, with vintage Aaron Rodgers because who knows how many years of this we have left. 
Yeah, no, I'll take that. And like I said, I, I said earlier this week, did not necessarily see this coming. It's been a very pleasant surprise. Uh, there's a lot of people that deserve credit for being able to get this turned around and kind of headed back in the right direction. So Alex, I'll follow up with you first on this one. Who, in your opinion, deserves the most credit for having this turnaround other than Aaron Rodgers manifesting it? Uh, who who deserves the most credit for you know getting this team to a point where Listen, it's one thing if you're maybe not having expectations and you like start turning things around. This this is a team that had Super Bowl aspirations, goes three and one, then loses seven out of eight games and is like dead to rights. You don't think they have any chance in the world. And then out of nowhere, they win four in a row and really build this back up. Who, Who gets the most credit for that? You can go so many directions here, right? Because uh, you, Keyshawn Nixon doesn't deserve the most credit, but he deserves quite a bit of it, right? I mean, he's brought some juice. Aaron Rodgers has been calling him out in his press conference every week. Uh, Perry mentioned Christian Watson, right? The, the streak he went on and, and the energy and the maturity we've seen just in one season. I'll go with Aaron Rodgers' manifestation jokes aside, right? He's talked about, especially in the last couple of weeks, the expanded leadership he's had this year, right? It, it's it, There hasn't been a lot of hard times when he's been healthy in Green Bay during his tenure. Um, and, and while he still hasn't had a 300-yard game this season, and while he's only had two 100-passer rating uh, games this season, he's been terrific, uh, both on and off the field. I know he annoyed me and Perry extremely at points this season, but I'll give it to Aaron Rodgers. Perry, I, I'm imagining you're going to want to go to the Matt. Well, I know you're disagreeing with me. But you're going to go the Matt LaFleur direction, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. If you're going to put all the blame on the head coach when things are going wrong, you have to give the coach the credit when things get turned around. Um, Like Everything runs through him. Players, all the assistants, the coordinators. Like Matt is a quieter leader than some. He's not uh, Mike Tomlin or, you know, even like a Sean McVay or like has these like, quotes up at the podium that everyone in the national media is going to say, Oh yeah, that's why. But like, he is the head coach. He is in charge of game planning. He is in charge of what they do during the week, how they're training. He's you, we've learned over the last couple of weeks that they have changed some of the things they do midweek. They've done group film studies. Like, you know, everything and every decision is running through him. And while yes, we're getting a heightened level of like, player execution on the field, which is just like players finally living up to their potential and expectations of what we thought we would get in the off season. Like you have to give the credit to the head coach for just not letting them like spiral out of control. Like this season could have gone completely off the rails and completely down the tubes, if not for the head guy, like keeping everyone in line. I think there is a lot to say, like for a player led team, I'm sure that there are like player leaders in that locker room as well, who deserve a lot of credit, whomever they are. Um, Imagining like Aaron Rodgers is probably in that camp, right? A a Mercedes Lewis, a, I don't know, probably a Jair and Russell Douglas have been pretty vocal in some of the videos that I've seen, like taking accountability for themselves. But for me, the answer is Malfleur. I kind of agree with both of you, to be honest, and both people that you named were were definitely top of my list. I do think Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of credit for, you know, you have this point where you just nothing looks good, right? Like nothing, nothing feels good. You've lost seven of eight. You're spiraling down an area where a Green Bay team hasn't been in in a really long time, at least not in 
Um, you know, not when their quarterbacks have been healthy and it felt like they were, you know, they're down against Chicago and, you know, going into the fourth quarter in that game to potentially like seal their fate at that point. And they had a lot of opportunities to quit in that game against Chicago. And I know you don't get like bonus points for not quitting, but they didn't and they kept fighting and a month plus later. And now we're talking about this team being a win away from the playoffs. So I do think Matt LaFleur kind of just finding a way, maybe it, it, it did take too long. I think that's fair to say, but at the same time, he found a way to steady the ship. I also think Aaron does deserve some credit too. I remember when he's like, when they were four and eight and he got asked about it and he, and he was still like preaching up at the podium of like, you know, I, I still think we can make a run at this thing. And I'm like, no, you can't. Right. <laughs> like, we what, all are you, what are you talking about? You've lost seven out of eight games. Your offense looks terrible. Your special teams is still special teaming. Uh, your defense has not looked anything remotely good. And you're also coming off of just recently losing Rashawn Gary for the season. Like, you know, that's not a thing. And, but I think for a young, you know, a team that has a lot of, I know they have a lot of veterans too, but they have a lot of younger players to hear somebody like Aaron Rodgers go up there and even in the face of all of the adversity that they were facing and you're four and eight, but your MVP quarterback, the guy that's done this a million times, the guy that literally said, we're going to run the table and did it and, you know, and won six in a row to get them in the playoffs and put the team on his back. Yeah. If that guy's saying, Hey, I think we can do this. I think we can still find a way to get in. Yeah. As a player on the team, if I'm in the locker room, I, I, I probably would have believed a little bit more too than I had if that had not happened. So I think his positivity and I think Matt LaFleur's just in general studying personality in those situations, I think are probably the the most kudos to Christian Watson, uh, Keyshawn Nixon, Rich Passaccia, even Joe Barry. I think there's other names that we could go on there as well, but I would probably start with Aaron and Matt. Totally agree. Hey, we, we got to give Perry credit, Andy, because in the midst of that losing streak, Perry kept saying that, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur has earned the benefit of the doubt. And I remember Perry and I went back and forth for about five minutes late October. I'm like, has he, though? And Perry's like, yes, yes. And here we are. Let him at least finish out the season You're before right. you write hey, him off. Perry, Perry, take it. You were right. You were right. Thank You're you. Welcome. You're welcome. Very well. So one of the things I mentioned in my rant there was um, that it probably did take this team a little bit too long at times to make adjustments to things. Oh. It probably took them a little bit too long to kind of get off that losing streak and maybe you know ultimately get back to their winning ways, right? And there's a lot that went into that. But I do think, unfortunately, one of the themes of this season has been just the inability to make some of those timely adjustments uh, in order to kind of get things corrected. And they kind of got their way there in a lot of different ways in a meandering path. But like, this is one of the first times that I can remember that like literal Packers Twitter seemed ahead of the Packers organization <laughs> in a lot of different situations from Amari Rogers to like, Hey, maybe Aaron Jones should get the ball more than five times um, to, Hey, the defense probably shouldn't be playing off zone coverage when you don't have tackling defensive backs in the defensive backfield. Like, Hey, maybe Jair Alexander should go with the best receiver on the other team. Like, Hey, I don't think Razul Douglas should be in the slot. Like that probably <laughs> should be a thing um, to, I think Devontae, why it should get a little bit more playing time to like there are like 20 more things that I could say that like it just took a little bit too long 
to get to the final conclusion where they needed to get like, I don't think Royce Newman and Jake Hansen should be starting on one side of your offensive line. That seems like a bad idea. Who, who, Tom hey, Andy, pro- who, who said the owners don't have a say, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, there was like literally like 20, 25 examples that we could go through <laughs> of things where it just, it didn't seem to make sense at the onset. And then it got proven out on the field. Like, yeah, this did not make sense. And then they made the changes that I think kind of almost everyone was clamoring for and the changes that they then made worked. And a part of that is like, well, they got there, I guess. Like it feels like they're getting there now and it feels like they're playing more complimentary football, playing defense first, running the football, doing all the things that we kind of expected they were going to do at the beginning of the season. Um, But at the same time, it took you losing seven out of eight games and almost being out of playoff contention entirely, unfortunately, for a lot of those changes to take place. So um, is that something that I don't even know what question I want to ask, but like how much blame do we put on, you know, whether it's Matt LaFleur or the organization for that. And I, I don't know what we, what they learned from this. Perry, I'll start with you. Yeah. They really took it to the brink, didn't they? <laughs> they really did. <laughs> um I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is a difficult question to answer if you're not inside the. I didn't ask it well is probably the main reason why. <laughs> I agree. No, but I mean, I get where you're going, and like, did they take too long? Yeah, but that's only because the adjustments they've made have been proving to be successful. Like, there might have been like they made adjustments right earlier in the season that weren't good. Like you said, they moved Rasul into the slot. That was not the answer. Um, or they, they made some like shuffling around the offensive line and it didn't work. Um, there's no excuses anymore for Amari Rogers after watching Keyshawn Nixon. But I think we're only having this conversation because some of the adjustments they've made have now potentially turned the season around. It's different if, they're making adjustments, they're making adjustments and nothing changes, but I'm sure that they had their reasons. But I do feel like Green Bay in general is sometimes a little slow on the uptick, right? Like it just, it has always felt like they're not as, what's the word I want to use? Ruthless, if you will, with aggressive, yeah. good word, good word. player snap count, player time on the field. Like to watch them actually cut someone midseason, to watch them bench a starter, that's shocking behavior. Whereas I think in other organizations, it's not as surprising. Um, whether that's good or bad, you can debate it, but it's just it's the Green Bay way. They should probably take a look at it this offseason and decide if that's the way they want to stay. But None of it was surprising. Yeah, loyal to a fault at times, right? Um, Alex, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, I mean, that that was part of hitting rock bottom, right, was they were finally doing the self-evaluation where it was, hey, you know what, maybe Amari Rogers isn't the answer in, uh, on special teams. And you know what, maybe Darnell Savage is having a really rough first eight games, maybe – or ten games, whatever it was. You know, maybe he should take a seat and take, take a back seat, rather. So I – I don't know. It's uh, I don't I don't have the answers. None of us do. It, it's just what a fever dream of a year this has been. Obviously, there's one more to win, right? Uh, and uh, it, to even fathom, given the show we did six weeks ago, my friends, that this is where we are. It's win and you're in situation on Sunday night football. It's just what a fever, what a wacky season. I don't remember one like this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. No, it's it's been really, really crazy, and hopefully they can get that one last win. I do think that narrative becomes a much bigger narrative if they don't win this game and don't get in the playoffs. Totally. That it just took them a little bit too long to respond to some of those things that kind of seemed obvious at uh, you know up front, and that just it, like I said, just took them too long to make the adjustments. Um, I want to go back with how this season was saved. I, I, I'm I'm toying with the idea, and I'm trying to kind of put together. I'm not fully sold on like who the MVP of this season is so far. So Perry, I'll start with you. If season ends today, I I can see you're excited about this question too. Uh, Who would be your MVP of the season? Because I think it's a really interesting question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Keyshawn Nixon. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I mean, it's interesting because you can answer this question with a couple of different players. I think you can answer it with who's like their most consistent go-to guy. And like that answer for me is Aaron Jones. You could answer it with who do we feel like brought some kind of juice or um for whatever it was that like turned the season around. And like my joke earlier, like Keyshawn Nixon falls in that category. Christian Watson falls into that category. Um, you can ask yourself like arguably who was just like statistically the best player this season. Andy, you do your grades. Like I'm sure you can look back and say like this guy graded in the positive. Um, But I don't know if this team had an MVP this season period. Uh, That's just, was that, it was just that kind of year. Like they really struggled for the first half. Like we have, we were on the show talking about how there was nothing good happening on the field with this team. So I think it's kind of hard to give one player an MVP, but I think maybe if I'm going to go with it, I'd go with Aaron Jones. I I totally agree. I think he's the, he's the easy pick, right? Like I, I, it's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not right. It's probably not Christian Watson, but he had a really fun stretch. Same with Keyshawn Nixon. And those two guys are probably two of the most important players, not named Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers. When it comes to all of a sudden the spark they've gone on really since that that Dallas game. Right. So 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's a correct answer, especially if the season ends on Sunday. Um, if you ask me this question in three weeks and they're headed to the NFC championship game again, I might have an answer for you, Andy. But right now, I really don't. And if you made me choose one, I'd agree with Perry and say Aaron Jones. Yeah, Jones is my highest graded player in the year, too. And I think that's probably the right answer. That doesn't but, surprise me. But, um, you know, he's also had, you know, a couple, he had a drop pass this week. He's had a couple costly yeah. fumbles, the fumble against Tampa that, you know, could have cost him a game in that game. And I think that the biggest argument against Jones is just like, Half the time they forgot he existed. It's, it felt like it. not his fault. No, not his fault. But like, it's also tough to be like, you know, like there's like four games where they basically didn't even use them, um, <laughs> which is crazy, right? So I, I think that would be one of my arguments against that. But like, you, I think if, if Rashawn Gary would have been able to keep playing the way that he was playing, I probably would have made an argument for Rashawn. Um, I don't think there's like Kenny had like a stretch of five games. It was like the worst five game stretch of his career outside of that. He's played really well, but it was like a very odd stretch for Kenny when, especially right after Rashawn went down. Um, I can't make an argument for, for anyone else on defense through the entire course of the season. Jair's been playing a lot better lately, but he didn't even play up to his standard up, you know, through first 10, 12 weeks offensively. Aaron has not been quite himself this year. Aaron Rodgers, I should say like, I could make an argument for Bakhtiari, but he misses the first part of the season and then he misses the with the appendectomy. Like if he had played and didn't have the appendectomy issue, like I could make an argument maybe there too. Like it's just really tough. I I am like I think we were like a couple of those Christian Watson completions. Like if he just hit on a couple more of those deep balls um with the, with a couple of those opportunities, I think we'd legitimately be talking about Christian Watson as the MVP. I think it might come down to this game. Like if we're talking about regular season MVP, like I think, I think you could find ways, like if Aaron Jones has a huge game, I think it's a no brainer. Aaron Jones, Christian Watson goes out and has another Dallas game and has a three touchdown performance with the season on the line. I think it might be Christian Watson. If Keyshawn Nixon has another kick return for a touchdown in a win, like could be easily Keyshawn Nixon. Like, I, I think this game could ultimately decide who the regular season MVP of the Packers is. I agree. I mean, it's it's wide open. The doors are open. Somebody, somebody, give us an easy MVP pick Sunday night. Three touchdowns for Christian Watson. I would not scoff at that. I'll tell you that. I'll take it. I would definitely take <laughs> it. Uh, the other question that I want to add, you know, ask you of you know, speaking of how this game could potentially change narratives and define the MVP of this season. I think we're in a really interesting position with Joe Barry too, because you had that this at what four or five weeks ago, heck at halftime of the dolphins game, which is a week and a half ago. (laughs) Like basically like you're like, it's a no, it seemed like a no brainer for a good portion of the season that like Joe Barry's going to be gone after this year. And then now you've got a totally different defense. Like they just had one of the craziest stretches of defense that I've ever seen. 13 drives, I think seven or eight turnovers in those 13 drives from end of this uh, second half. When, when, uh, when Jerron Reed forced the fumble, uh, up until like garbage time, like it, the, the defense has turned itself around. Is Joe Barry's job on the line in this game? Meaning, like if they go out and play well and then make the playoffs, is he back? And if the uh, the defense has a really poor game against the Lions, Lions put up thirty forty, is he gone? Like, is 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 it crazy to say that this game might decide Joe Barry's fate too? Uh, yes, I think it is crazy to say this game decides his fate because I'm pretty sold he's back next year. Wow, uh, okay. I, I know Harry Perry's eyes just were the size of the moon, which I can see from the window in front of me. Um, look, I, 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 
I think about three weeks ago, the, the National Football League, the NFL, sent a memo to all teams like, hey, you're firing too many coaches. You've costed us this much money in just job settlements. Um, that's when Joe Barry was like, hey, maybe I have some job security. And this defense all of a sudden showed up. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the way they played the last two weeks, the situation they're in, I, I, I just feel like Green Bay has always hung on to a guy a year too long. As a fan, I hope I'm wrong. But from from what I've looked at and what we've seen, you know, what history's told us, I think Joe Barry's safe, especially if they win Sunday. If they if they get absolutely torched Sunday, right? If they if they lose to the Lions the way the Lions beat up on Chicago or, or Green Bay beat up on Minnesota this past week, maybe I change my tune Monday. But I just have this bad feeling. He he saved his job the last few weeks. And, and again, as a fan, it kind of pains me to say this. I never chirp with somebody to lose their job, but I, I, I would really love to see my guy Jimmy Leonard move from Madison to Green Bay. But nonetheless, Perry, where are you at on this? This is what I'm afraid of, that the yeah. Packers have done just enough at the end of the season to not make the changes that, like, we know that they need and, like, they won't rip the Band-Aid off of this, like, non-existent window that, like, they've somehow kept open for another couple of games. Like, this is exactly what I'm afraid of. And I'm with you, Alex. I'm not advocating for someone to lose their job and again if the Packers make a run and defense looks incredible and they somehow make it to a championship game or heck they make it to the Super Bowl fine sorry Barry you did it whatever you did and you changed great (laughs) like fine stay another year but like I don't I don't know I mean we can't let recency bias cloud what has been an incredibly like up and down struggling, like poor performance overall. And like, again, maybe something flipped. I don't know. Sounds like Jerry Gray had some words. Maybe Matt LaFleur had some internal communication, Maybe players just started executing more. I don't know what it is, but I would have a really, really, really hard time being excited about Barry coming back, like regardless of what happens in this game. I think I'd have to see how it plays out in the playoffs when they're playing like the top tier teams. And, you know, if the defense is the reason that they're winning or whatever it is, but I don't know, so much of this win streak has also been based on turnover differential and turnovers are sure players can be put into good position by a scheme to create turnovers, but turnovers happen, I think, because playmakers make plays. And so I put that more on the players and that's why I think this defense is looking so good the last couple of weeks. So I don't give Barry that much credit. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I don't know. I, I still hope he's gone. From the book of Perry Goldstein, Matt LaFleur has earned thy credit. Joe Barry has not earned thy credit. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Andy, how do you feel? Yeah. There's one time in my life that I cheered against the Green Bay Packers. Um, that game was the Cardinals-Packers game the night that Mike McCarthy got fired. Um, they were lining up for the field goal to tie the game at the end. And my very first time I ever cheered against the Packers, and hopefully it will be my last Um, I very much cheered for that field goal to miss because to me, the worst case scenario that could have happened is they end up somehow winning that game against a Josh Rosen led 
Arizona Cardinals team at Lambeau Field with the season on the line and Rosen comes in and just roasts the Packers. And the worst thing that could have happened is they win that game and they somehow win a few more and they squeak into the first round of the playoffs, get blasted, and there's no changes at the end of the year for an organization that was very, very, very clearly in need of some organizational change. Now, I don't correlate those two things. I don't correlate that year with where things were at when they were seven and eight or like lost seven out of eight games, not entirely, but it was also clear that there was something very wrong with the team at that point. And there was going to need to be changes that needed to be made. And I think um, I would hope that I've earned some accident forgiveness at this point to say, I'm not totally sold yet at this point that a win against the bears, a win against the Baker Mayfield led LA Rams at home, a good win, but against a concussed second half to a tug of Iloa in Miami and then a game where I think my or Minnesota, as well as Green Bay played, I think Minnesota also played categorically awful in that game as well. Um, and I think they've been a little bit overrated as we've all kind of seen and known up totally. until that point as well. Forgive me if that four game stretch hasn't cleansed me entirely of a awful, awful, awful seven, you know, seven losses in eight game stretch by this Packers team as well, including losses to the Zach Wilson led New York jets, the Taylor Heineke led Washington commanders um, and some pretty tough losses in there. So um, I I'm hopeful that they've been able to make the, the changes like we've just discussed. They've made some of them too late and it should have probably been sooner, but um, I'm hopeful that they've kind of got to the point that they need to to be at, and hopefully they can go out and get a win against Detroit and maybe go out and cause some pain in the playoffs and be that underdog team where, you know what, I've watched Nick Foles and Trent Dilfer-led teams go out and win the Super Bowl. I've seen Eli Manning beat the undefeated New England Patriots. Like, the the best team, the Packers have been the best team in multiple years and haven't won the Super Bowl. I, I don't freaking care. Like they can, they can go out and, and win a few games and when, you know, and win it and who, who the heck knows, like the NFC is not that good. The Eagles are floundering a bit. They've beaten the Cowboys. You've got Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, even though he's looked great. He's the one like leading the 49ers right now. Like the Buccaneers look terrible. I'm not super. I know they lost to the giants on a neutral field, but I'm not super afraid of the giants. Like, you, they can win this NFC if they get in. And then you get to the Super Bowl and, who, you know, you're one bad QB matchup away or a QB injury. Who the heck knows? All of a sudden you're hoisting a Lombardi out of nowhere. But I do think, as Perry mentions, like there were serious issues with this team. And I, I do have concern that if all of a sudden the decision is they snuck in at the end with a, a little bit of a run towards the end with maybe a little bit of luck involved, and then the decision based off of that is to run everything back and mortgage more of the future next year, knowing that they can't fully do it, that they're going to have to move on from some guys and things like that. Um, I do have some trepidation that that would, that would set the franchise back more than it would set them forward. So I'm hopeful um, and I've been wrong. I didn't think they could win four games. So I'm hopefully I can be wrong and they can win f- what five more, five more. Five um, more. And that would be really, really great. Um, but I think that the rest of the, like the, 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 the theme of today has clearly been that the narrative on this 2022 team has yet to be totally written. Like they could be a, a team that was expected to be a Super Bowl contender and didn't make the playoffs. 
they could be a team that was expected to be a Super Bowl contender and won the Super Bowl. Like there is a lot of variance left as to what this team ultimately does. And I think this next game and the games that follow that will ultimately decide whether or not this was a successful season and what changes, if any, need to be made moving forward. Andy Hakuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest of your days, right? It's a brand new season. It's officially the playoffs for the Green Bay Packers. You win from this point out, you move on. You lose, you go home. Hakuna Matata, they're 0-0. They're not 8-8. There wasn't a seven-game losing or seven and eight-game losing streak, right? There is there is no worries at this point. You are they're not there zero. yet, Alex. It's the playoffs, they're Perry. They're they not there yet. It's they the have playoffs. One- they They're, have one more win. They're not right? in yet. But, but if they lose, they go home. It's the playoffs at this point. They're okay, 0 and 0. Right? They win, they move on. They lose, they go home. It's officially the playoffs for the Green Bay Packers. The other 31 teams, not quite. But for the Green Bay Packers, we're here. We've kind of been here, I guess, is my point. But it's officially 0 0. You win at Lambeau Field, your only home, quote unquote, playoff game of the year. You win at Lambeau Field on Sunday, you move on. That's the only thing I can focus on. I can't focus on the negative uh, things that have happened this year, right? I'm, I'm too damn optimistic to focus on the past. And I know you're both realists. You're both wonderful. You're both geniuses. Hakuna <laughs> Matata, my friends. Hakuna Matata. Perry, do you want to respond? <laughs> no, because when I was little, this is a little um, personal anecdote about me. My dad used to say that to me all the time when I was little. It means no worries. And you know what I would say to him? This is six-year-old me. But yes, worries. <laughs> so, I hate that right now. Also worries. <laughs> and he'd be like, what did we do to you? I'm like, but yes, worries. It's like, no, you're not supposed to think that way. So sorry, Alex. Yes, worries. <laughs> well, older are you? Older are you? No worries. Hakuna no Matata. Worries. <laughs> oh, we all just need a little of whatever Alex had before he came <laughs> on the show, and then we'll all be good to go, not worrying about anything. I'm just kidding. Um what we'll end with this one game left Packers Lions Lambeau Field Sunday Night Football your one key to this game what does Green Bay need to do to come away with this victory and head to the official playoffs even though I'm kind of with Alex this is kind of like a pseudo playoff game you want me to go Uh, I got two keys time of possession defense plays as well as they have the last six quarters I need I need that defense that we thought we were going to get all year long Again this week, it needs to be a consistent thing at this point. And then I'll say it again for one final time, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> clean yes, ball. Yes, worries. Yes, worries. Uh, <laughs> Packers just need to play clean football. I think if they if they play the way they have the last couple of weeks and don't make any mistakes, don't shoot themselves in the foot, they beat this Lions team. Um, I don't even think they need like the most stellar defensive performance. I think they need to pick it up on offense a little bit, but um, they've been kind of showing that they can, they can beat anybody right now. And I even felt that way starting actually against the Eagles when they really like took it to the Eagles only lost by one touchdown. Like this team, when they play complimentary and they don't turn the ball over themselves, I think they can beat anybody. I'm really interested in the line of scrimmage. I think Detroit will go back and watch the Panther game and Detroit got blown off the ball. Meanwhile, you've got Swift and Williams who have played really good football on the other side. And this Lions offensive line is playing pretty darn well as well. But I've mentioned this statistic on every radio show and every podcast I think I've done this week. I'm sure it's going to be in my keys prior to the game too, but 
Green Bay had uh, six opportunities. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, five opportunities. Uh, first and goal from the Lions, five-yard line, zero points. First and goal from the Lions, one, zero points. First and 10 from the Lions, 23, <laughs> zero points. First and 10 from the Lions, 14, three points. First and 10 from the Lions, 17, zero points. They had five opportunities inside the 23 with a first and 10 or a first and goal and ended up with three points out of those in a game they lost by six. Their red zone offense hasn't exactly been, um, well, let's just say it's been worries. It's been very worries (laughs) since then as well. So um, I I think red zone offense, red zone defense is going to very well be the, the key to this game as well. Yeah, I agree. And on the flip side, the Lions have been one of the best in the red zone when they get down there. Oh, man, I love Jamal Williams. It's really hard to root against them. Guy's having a terrific year. He really is. He it's really, not, a terrific, really is. not a terrific Sunday, hopefully. Like, it's like the fantasy matchup, right? Packers win like 42 to 14 and Jamal gets two touchdowns. We can live with that, right? Totally. One million percent. All right, we're good for that then. Tim Boyle the maybe comes in at the end of the game, right? Maybe a Tim Boyle touchdown pass to Jamal. Williams. He's on the Bears now, Alex. Keep, Is keep he? your Tim Boyle stats oh, yeah. straight. <laughs> well, then we. Well, maybe we want to see Tim Boyle this weekend. Then the Bears aren't playing for anything. Actually, we would love to see because Justin Fields isn't playing. We would. Right. I, why are they starting Nathan Peterman? Give Tim that start and let them go beat the Vikings just for fun. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be absolutely amazing. All right, that's the perfect way to end this show. Perry, final thoughts. Just win, maybe. Just win. That's all. Alex? Well said, Al Davis. No worries. Hakuna Matata. (laughs) Love it. Absolutely love it. This is so much fun. Uh, I will be right back here tomorrow with Mike Wall, so make sure to check that out. Perry, where can we follow you on Twitter, and where can we find Pax, what she said? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me and Maggie Loney, my better counterpart, at Pax, which she said, podcast, PWSS podcast on Twitter. Um, we have episodes twice a week. Um, if you are listening Thursday, January 5th, our episode, our pre-show lines episode just dropped. So anywhere you get your podcasts. Alex? Find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Stro. Friday, we're doing a little uh, warm-up party on ESPN Madison, 100.5 if you're in the area. We're on the ESPN app. Join me for the high noon hour, baby. We're going we're gonna to get after it. We're going to be way too optimistic, even more optimistic than I was today. I just probably will say a few less, uh, you know, uh, Hakuna Matata references. <laughs> How have I not been a guest on your high noon hour in Madison yet? I'm offended now. Thanks a lot, Alex. My bad. Let me let me check let, let me check the calendar. We'll make that happen. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> guys, this is awesome as always. I will uh, talk to you guys soon. For everyone listening, we'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode as mentioned on YouTube. It will be with Mike Wall, so make sure to check that out. But until next time, and as always, go Paco. Go Paco.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.